With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And if I sound excited this morning, it's because it's Juneteenth. It's on this day in 1865, June 19th, 1865, that slaves in America were officially freed. Uh, this bill was two years after it was done. That was just when it was officially done in Texas. So I know you've heard a lot about Juneteenth in the last couple of days, and the president is trying to take credit for it. No, that, that is too disingenuous, and I, I would expect that a man of his stature does not need to fake stories or to tell lies to make himself appear to be greater than he is. I really don't think so, Mr. President. Juneteenth has been around. But I have a special guest, and we're going to talk about it. She, she's a former school principal, and she has a doctoral degree in education. So she's going to tell us some more about why. Just tell us why this was not taught in schools. My daughter has a law degree, attended three universities, one for her bachelor's degree and two for her law degree, and did not know about Juneteenth until a couple of days ago was not taught in law school, in, in history, in any textbook she has read. I have seen some of her legal textbooks, and they're this thick. Juneteenth is not mentioned. She also didn't know about Black Wall Street, because this is not something that is taught in the American educational system. Why is Black history not a part of it? According to my daughter, she says that it's so whitewashed that you would think that Black people kind of gave themselves up to be oppressed and... Afterwards, then came Martin Luther King, and then, you know, civil rights, and now everything is just hunky-dory. She says that's how it, uh, black history is presented. There's no telling of where black people came from. But there's a whole lot of telling around European history. There's a whole lot of telling about how the dynasties appeared in Europe. But there's nothing about where black people in America came from. So we have a lot to talk about. And those questions that need answers and those situations are contributing factors to why we have seen this disconnect and this sort of uh, disparity that we, are see- we have seen now with the coronavirus and education. So today I have as my special guest, I'm so proud of this woman. I'm so proud when I read her biography. If she could have seen me, she would have probably been high five. I was over here high-fiving her virtually. Because when I read her biography, I was so inspired. She makes me feel like I haven't done anything and I haven't even started. Her name is Dr. Roma Benjamin. She's a pastor. She's an empowering woman speaker. My God, someday I'm going to have her on. Uh, She's a mother and she's a community leader. She lives in Pennsylvania. But here's the thing. She's from Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she is going to tell us as a community engager, And as she sounds like she's a civil rights icon, doesn't she? Because she's leading the community, trying to bring more and reduce the disparities in education and to bring more of the community together to engage on the issues that matter. I love this woman, Dr. Roma Benjamin. You're my hero. Hey, girl, you're my hero, sister. You're my hero. I'm I'm sitting here listening to you chuckling. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good. Thank you so much for having me on and to, you know, just have such a great conversation. And um, I'm actually from New York. I'm a New Yorker, and I lived mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma for 12 years. So I do know the history of um, Black Wall Street and had a chance to get involved with some things in Oklahoma. I did get understanding of Juneteenth and um, the purpose of it because we celebrated it all the time. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that it, that it was something that was not taught across the board. I didn't realize that. Wow. And um, it's really funny. It's not in the history books, so you don't have to look any further 
it's not in the history books in the public school setting. It's not in there. And I believe you, the question you asked when you said your daughter was explaining some things to you, um, even in her law degrees, and, and I have a variety of degrees as well, all in education. And um, I'm a very avid reader. I'm even reading things now, dealing with, um, I'm reading a book right now called White Rage. It's a black author um, mm-hmm. that wrote this book. And um, uh, I'm just looking at some different ways to approach this and to address this because it's not taught. It, we've been propagandized. They, Jane Elliott, a white woman in her 80s, been telling this for years. And the only way I could put it is someone almost in the same words that Malcolm X put it, that oppressor is the one who wrote the books and taught in the school system. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we just allowed it to happen because it's been such a tremendous fight. Like when, as, as, a, as an administrator, as a teacher, as a principal, when they bring in series of books that they're going to pilot and stuff, they, here's the process. And I, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm one of those radical ones. They say they pilot it, they give it to teachers, and they say to teachers, you know, use this, we're going we're gonna to pilot this for a certain amount of time, and then we're going to see whether or not we're going to adopt this or not. Let me tell you, they got hundreds and hundreds of books sitting in districts that they've never used because teachers really don't. Now, I'm not trying to beat up teachers, but if it's, if, you know, like the shoe fit, you just have to wear it. Teachers really don't teach it. They don't read it. They don't go through it. They don't analyze it. They don't break it down. So they just say it's okay. Then those in leadership, they don't. They didn't read it. They didn't break it down. They didn't see what was in there, whether or not it was truth or whether or not it was um, equity or balance in it. And so they end up taking books and Pearson and, and, and McCall and all of them. They just take the popular names and they push it in the system and they push it. It's pushed down the throats of the children, and then the children have to believe what they hear because if you keep teaching it over and over again, you're going to believe it. And that's one of the main reasons why I left the public school system because I knew that they were promoting failure and calling it success. And I couldn't any, I couldn't any longer partake in that because you're telling me that a child could sit in school from kindergarten to 12th grade and still can't read. So if they can't read, they don't know that the information in the book is incorrect. If you don't have proactive teachers and administrators and superintendents, then the information in the book continues to be perpetuated. And I think you said your daughter said, well, black people just kind of like gave up and said, oh, well, you know, she summed it up pretty good because parents don't question it even. Then when you have a parent that questions it, they want to tag that parent as a problem. As an angry black parent, yep, been there. Uh, 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 angry black, and as usually a mom, not, not nothing against men. I have a son and I have a grandson. I grew up with six brothers and two sisters and a mom and a dad. So men is prevalent in my family. Nothing mm. against the man, but usually the woman is 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 more involved. And so when mm. the woman comes in and says, mm-hmm. like my mother did with my sons and said, with my brothers and said, you I put my son my sons in shop in mechanics. You're gonna put them in the advanced classes like you do the oh, other the white kids. Like That's been what there. my mom did, you know. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she, you're, you're labeled as the angry black woman, but no, we're not the angry black people. We just are tired of the stuff, and mm-hmm. we have seen it happen so much. I've mm-hmm. seen so much, Harry, that I'm sometimes I'm so angry. I'm going to bed mm-hmm. crying many a night. Many a night mm. crying out to God, what Jesus. am I supposed to do no, in this process? What do? is my oh place? <laughs> Please, tell me somebody. What is my place? I have the same issues. I mean, I go to bed at night and I'm like, Lord, what am I to do now with this? What do I do right. with this? Where do we take this? This is why I'm just going to be honest with everybody and be transparent. This is why I have a podcast called down to earth because I could not contain this anymore. The injustice was too great. It wasn't just enough for me to write about it. I had to talk about it. And for years, I stepped away from this issue of civil rights. I talked about women's rights. I talked about ending violence against women and girls. I talked about human trafficking, but I never put my foot in this because I shook my head like, no, I'm not going to touch this one. I'm going to leave the boys to deal with this. 
but then they weren't grappling the situation well. They weren't stepping into it well. They weren't touching and shaking the waters well. And now we have this problem because I think maybe black men are just tired. They're tired of being pulled over and brutalized. They're tired of being labeled the angry black man if they speak up. Did you see the interview? They published an interview with Michael Strahan this week. And he said no, he's informed that one of the reasons why he left Kelly and, and Michael live with Kelly Repo was because he felt distance. He couldn't speak up because had he spoken up, he would have been called the angry black man. So as you see, Dr. Wow. Benjamin, it's left to us, the moms, because the men are always labeled the angry black man, the violent black man, because he chooses to speak up against the injustice. Uh, Richard Brooks was shot in the back because he objected to being taken down to the police station for something he didn't do. He's dead. So black men, the more, the, the more violence that is perpetrated against them is the more they hesitate to speak up. But that time is over because now that we are getting empowered again. Right. And think of the violence. When, we, when, you, when you talk about that, and I'm an educator to the core, and so my passion and my drive is, is for um, we, terminate, we, we, we give a, a term quality education, but it's not um, equality. <laughs> we, call, we, say, we say we're giving your children a quality education, because we're indoctrinating them with stuff that's not going to benefit them in the long run. We call that quality, but it's really not equality, you know. So when you, when you think about it, when you think about this, Harry, think about this. 40% of learning, children lose 40% of learning even over the summer vacation. Let's right. just move COVID-19 out for a minute. So yeah. over the summer, students lose 40% of learning because it was why, – why would that happen? You know, and, and, and I, I – I love to learn. So when I was growing up, learning was all the mm-hmm. time for me. It wasn't just during mm-hmm. the nine months out however long mm-hmm. and the seven mm-hmm. hours. It was all the time. And we had parents who yes. pushed us, especially my mom. My dad was mm-hmm. a quiet force, but he, he, never, he never stopped us from getting what we needed. He pushed us in it. But it's amazing to me that 40% of learning is lost because it's not engaging. It is not really important because it's stuff that's, that's not going to benefit the child in the long run. It's almost as if we're teaching our children just to simply be factory workers because we know as technology advances and advances and advances, the factory workers are the first to go. <laughs> My God. You know it's still a form. Oh. It's still a form of slavery. It's still a form of looking, looking at, well, how do I hold them down? Now, the greatest thing that ever happened with our mm-hmm. blacks, our ancestors, they said if you don't get anything else, Learn how to read, because mm. if you can read, you can make it in life. You can navigate through life's um, situations and circumstances, but that was lost in the message. The reason why it was lost in the message, because we've never really questioned whether or not, you know, a child was able to read before they mm. got out of the third grade. Wow. So when, when, when we started talking about prison to um, school to prison, mm-hmm. meaning by the third mm-hmm. grade, if your child takes a standardized test, right? Standardized meaning they should have the standard information they need to pass that test. That's Ooh. what standardized. That standardized test is 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 information that you're supposed to have. Now, imagine if it was entrenched in our history. If it was entrenched in reading and making sure that a child could read, um, just like Marvel Collins. Imagine if it was entrenched with, with hands-on and with technology. Imagine if we had history, black history, whatever we want to call it, throughout the year and not just in the month of February, the shortest month of the year, and we call mm-hmm. that black history. You understand? Mm-hmm. And if we mm-hmm. had history that was then, that is now and that is to come because that's what history is. History is past, history is present, and history is future. Imagine if we had all of that connected and we gave um, um, our, our children, African-American or whomever, and we had the right people doing it. We had teachers who were engaged, not teachers who take an education degree and can't teach reading. How do you get an education degree and you're in a kindergarten class and you can't teach the kindergartens how to read and then the wow. kindergarten st- 
still are passed to the first grade. You understand what I'm it's a yeah, it's a yeah, it's a vicious yeah. cycle. It's almost yeah. it's criminal in the least to say. So the kindergarten kids couldn't read, but you passed them because mm-hmm. you said that they would be too old to stay in the kindergarten opposed to going to the first grade. So this, wow. these are the systems. This, that's why we call them systematic. <laughs> that's why it's systemic in its root because it was designed to cause us not to realize who we really are and who we really are and what we can do in life. Imagine this. You, we're talking about COVID-19, right? Right. And, right. and, and what, what it has, its effect on education. What's crazy is COVID-19 exposed the fact that when education went back to the parents, it went into the hands and to the laps of parents who never attended PTA meetings or who never attended anything to find out what was going on in the school with the children or whatever, you know. And so now we we are, the the system says, pass them to the next grade because of COVID-19, them to the next grade. And and there's no evidence of anything. (laughs) Right. So now the gap gets wider. Wow. People, it's, it's are no you longer a gap. It? I call it a a whole ditch. Uh, it's not even a gap anymore. You you know what I, I mean? Um, it, it's 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 a gap. You know, you really can close a gap sometimes. But this this thing, COVID nineteen, really exposed the fact that we don't have the tech, we don't have the the right technology, especially mm-hmm. in the urban schools, to teach our children during a crisis. We but don't you know have the, the. You know something that you know something, Doc. You're so right on the money. This is Dr. Roma Benjamin, everybody, and she's an educator. And we're talking. The subject we're really talking about is, is coronavirus and how it has exposed the disparities in education that have led to that are caused by systemic racism. And I wanted to have this conversation for some time because when COVID happened here in Michigan, Doc. The governor uh, was reluctant to move forward to shut the schools down. By this time, in in Southeast Michigan, especially in the Detroit area, it had already spread like wildfire. My concern, my youngest daughter is, uh, I have two two girls, and my youngest daughter was in high school. She was about to graduate, so she was already accepted to college. I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going to let her go to school to get infected and to rob her of her future. Right. So I was one of those who were was advocating for the governor to shut the schools down quickly. But see, what I didn't think about, to be honest with you, I didn't see how long the schools were going to be closed. I knew it would at least be a couple of weeks. What I didn't take into consideration, Dr. Roma, was the fact that there are a lot of parents and a lot of homes that do not have the capacity and the capability to accommodate exactly. this concern. They, did, they don't have the tools, they don't have the resources, they don't have the, the, the technology, the computer, and a common thing like, like access to the Internet. That, too, right. is system racism because over time, people don't work. And what we are seeing now, what, what, what Doc is right, what COVID-19 did was ex- continue to expose the continued disparities that exist in our society, and education is just one part of it. Right. The COVID-19 is is really strange because you're right. No one expected it to last this long, Um, you know, due to the fact that even in our government, they have not followed the precautionary measures. Then you have all the conspiracy theories of whether or not it's real. And then you have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people dying. So you have to, you're looking at every, every, every ramification of this COVID-19. No one expected schools to be out this long. So now that they're out this long, and you're right, it's hard to send your child to something where it would affect them in more than one way. So now that we know that, what do we do to start looking at different ways to be able to continue education inside and outside of school? Because our normal way of learning is brick and mortar inside the building. And right. then when it, when everything came outside the building and we realized that there was disparity in technology and most people, a lot of people did not have the Internet. They didn't have um, laptops and iPads and whatever they needed um, 
to you, but they, you mm-hmm. have telephones. Okay, so you can use it on the telephone. But anyway, they didn't have yeah. um, many ways to do this, and teachers were thrown for a loop. Principals were thrown for a loop. When I talked to some of my colleagues, they say the majority of what they did was meet. And, you know, I'm like, what do you need for? Are you meeting for what is to come, or are you needing to try to um, – salvage the situation these students right now because some students all they were told was to go home watch a television show about education and write about it okay so I I kid you not I promise you that that happened so parents were upset Uh (laughs) parents were upset you know that um they that they did that then some students were given a laptop but no Uh instruction so a lot of things took place and it it, this thing caught everybody um, by surprise. A lot of things took place, and then there were the parents who had to work with their kids, kids who have behavior problems, kids who have mental issues. You know, mm-hmm. parents don't mm-hmm. see this all day and all all night because they're not mm-hmm. with the child. But the strangest thing is that when you get to the root, I want you to hear me when I say this, when you get to the root of, of, of the average um, problems in our schools, it's usually not behavior and it's not always mental. It, we have some of that. It's usually the fact that kids can't read. When what? they can't read, it becomes a problem. But I don't understand why educators have not figured that out yet to go back to the drawing board and create an environment where children are taught how to read from, from the earliest to high kids are graduating high school. Look, we're celebrating virtual high school, but if we was to take, if we were to do some data research on this, we would find that of the average high school, some of these high school kids are only reading on a seventh and eighth grade level. So when you go to take civil tests and all types of tests, you've got to read at least on a ninth grade level or even higher. And to get in college, it's got to be even higher. So all of this COVID-19 just really exposed the fact that, Education needs to be reformed. We've talked about reform, just like you said. You talked, you, you wrote about it, you, you, you brought up different aspects of, of women and, and civil rights and different things. But now we've got to go back. We've got to reform education, and we have to bring in people, black, white, blue, green, yellow, and orange, that have a heart for this. Not people who only – we've got to pay our bills. Don't get me wrong. We do. But if the only reason you're there for a paycheck – you're just as much as a criminal as somebody is that robbed the bank. You know what? You know, I, I said I'm it. Totally, I said it. You can quote said me. It, you said it. You know what? I'm with you, Doc. I'm totally with you because I've been saying this for years because my encounters with the educational system have found such huge disparities amongst educators and the fact that many teachers today are just there for a paycheck. They went to college. It was the easiest degree, apparently. It was the easiest thing they could do. So they really are just interested in getting a paycheck so they can pay their mortgage. They're not interested in educating children. And as you said, part of the problem is that we're advancing children to the next grade level, and they have not mastered the previous level. So a lot of people are graduating schools without being able to read. And this is not just a black problem. This is a, it's, it's a nationwide problem. America is not a first world country anymore in terms of educating our people, right? There are students from other countries of the G7 who are far way more advanced than our students are. We lag behind in mathematics. We lag behind in, 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 in science and engineering, which is why they pushed this move to create the STEM, uh, the, the, the STEM movement but what that has done, Doc, is further alienate black students. Tell us about that, too. Well, you know, when you were saying that, and our black students are alienated, but still, listen, we have an Internet. We go on there and find anything that you want to find and get any help that you want to get. What has happened, Harriet, is we've, 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 we've put the demand on the public schools to do this. The public school cannot do this alone. Homeschooling um, is very powerful. Uh, I've seen Mm -hmm. some very successful homeschooling parents as well as students. It's Mm -hmm. very, very powerful, but you don't hear much of homeschooling because people have to work two and three jobs. So the, the more we talk about this, you know, the more we realize that our kids are the ones that are pushed behind. But what we have to do is collectively, we have to collectively address this educational challenge because we can't keep putting every child, every parent, every educator in a boat and say it's going to work. 
It is not going to work. We have to look at the development of the child and holistically from this point, we have to holistically approach this because going to the building is just one aspect of it. You know, I've heard a parent, you know, they, they got their child schedule and they, you know, the, the, they, they asked the parent, well, what does this mean and what does this course mean? And, what does, and they really don't have an explanation for it because a lot of the courses are bogus. You understand what I mean? A lot of the courses are not necessary to, for that child to advance in what they want to do. And then, a, and then half the time, when you say mathematically speaking, listen, we have some very sharp black children in the schools. Most of the time, because we are dealing mainly with the behavior problems Excuse me. We're dealing so much with behavior problems, and then we're classifying them as special ed, and then we put them in emotional support. And I heard I heard a politician the other night say that they're going to give more money to a special ed, and I want to know what is special in special ed. If all we do is label the child, yeah, we label them and we give them money or or, or resources that don't help. Yes, this is something yes, right very here. Very this, this is the thing right here. Say it one more time. I want you to say it until everybody in the penny section hears it, until every public policy maker hears the problem is not the students. The problem is you are focused on their behavior, but you're not focusing on the methodologies to teach these kids. Save somebody. Absolutely. Oh my God. A- absolutely. And every child. Why? My God, no, I'm I'm mouthing off to myself because I am so uh, engaged in this because this is such a problem because they have labeled so many black students as problematic behaviorally instead of looking at why the child is not functioning at the level that he should be. They haven't looked at the big problem, the big picture around that child. And I Absolutely. agree with you. It's not public school. It's it, it's it's an it, you know it's a system wide problem. It's a society that has to do it. Right, and, and a lot of times, um, I, when I was a teacher in the classroom, I had eighth grade students who could not read. So when I realized that they could not read, I broke the rules. I know they say you know if, if you if we, whatever we're gonna do, we have to be radical with it. I broke the rules. Mm-hmm. I taught them how to read. I wasn't concerned about the pacing guide. I was not concerned about anything. I was concerned about the fact that you made it all the way to the eighth grade. And you can't read. I had one kid. They sent him to my class because they said that I would be able to handle him because of his behavior. And I, we had a, I walked with him down the hall. I said, man, I, I read your rap sheet. You know, you throw chairs at teachers and you do all this kind of stuff. And I said, now I just need, need you to understand this one thing. The potential of me throwing a chair back to, at you does exist. So I'm telling you in advance, don't throw anything at me. Don't swing at me. Don't try to hit me. Don't cuss at me. But I'm going to work with you because I recognize what your real problem is. I said, I'm going to respect you and I need you to respect me. Got in there, I'm telling you, the God's honest truth, he couldn't read. He could not read. He stays in contact with me today, to this very present mm. day, because I worked with him in a classroom with about 25 kids, and I had a, a co-teacher because I was also the lead teacher at that time and the acting principal. I, um, I worked with him because he couldn't read. I had him walk through. I would do exercises with him to check for his understanding. See, this is what I mean about holistic. Because we don't want to really dig into the fact that we can't teach every child the same, but every child has a right to learn how to read, even if they're not reading at the same pace that all of their other students and peers are reading at. They have the right to learn how to read, how to navigate in this technology world, not just play a game on the mm-hmm. system and not just mm-hmm. buy the games, but be able to create the game. I know young people who are writing books that, you know, they're in their teens. Why? Because they have parents. Parents are involved in this, too. They have parents that said, you know, it's more important for me for you to learn this than for me to buy it for you to play with. You could play later after you get the real basis of learning. And that's where we really have to go, Harriet. I'm telling you, our country is in trouble while 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 we're you know we want you know we want to reform the police department and I understand that because I have a black son I have a biracial grandson and I don't want to spend the rest of my days 
crying out to God to make sure that they're safe when they're out there. Um, one, my son drives for Amazon, and, you know, you, you go in communities where white people don't want you to go. I don't want any of that, so I pray over him every day. We talk every day, you know. But I want to be able to afford to give our society, my community, they want me to talk to them tomorrow, I think it is. And I'm going to tell them, you know, we come out here, we're screaming and hollering for change. But, you know, when it comes down to going to a, a, a board meeting with the school district, you all going to show up. And when you do, you're all getting fussed and fighting and cussing. You ought to do your research, get your statistics, get your data together, explain right. what you need, what you want, what you expect, so that changes can be made. Because right now, we're not doing a good job for kids, to children to be school ready. And I'm not just talking about in the seventh and eighth grade. I'm talking about kindergarten. They're not school ready. What? But what school are they going to? What are they going to be getting? We need educators to create curriculum that is engaging, that will address history from a sincere point. We know that Columbus didn't discover America, but it's been perpetuated for so long that it's okay. <laughs> He didn't discover right, it. Right. He stumbled upon it and then he disrupted it. But we don't teach it to that extent. We say, oh, well, he didn't discover it. Somebody was here before, but you, but you taught it wrong. It's in the hearts and minds of the children the wrong way. How do we now go back and re-educate? How do we mm. go back and re-educate the educators, re-educate mm. the administrators and the superintendents? How do we go mm. back and re-educate it and take a number from mm-hmm. all of these kids? Take a standardized test number off of them and mm-hmm. put a realistic point on these children. Everybody has a right to read and to learn and to wow. decide where they want to go in life without the, the, the European Western culture shoving it down our throats to the point, just like Jane Elliott, I've been looking up on her until she said, that we've been indoctrinated and not educated. Oh my wow. God! When I did, did, wow. this, she's in her eighties and she's still talking about it. She's wow. still That's talking about that. that we've been indoctrinated, indoctrinated instead of educated. I think that is an excellent way to to give a commentary on this. I think that that encapsulates what this educational system is all about. I grew up in the British Caribbean. And uh, we were told, there was a book that uh, we were supposed to read. It was part of the curriculum called The Making Mm -hmm. of the West Indies. And that book was widely used. Anybody from the Caribbean who grew up around the same time that I went to school would recognize that book. That book was supposedly the record of how the Europeans conquered Africa and brought Africans to the Caribbean and to the Americas. Well, people in the Caribbean, uh, what happens is we still had what is called oral traditions, right? So the mm-hmm. oral history that was passed down to, through, through blacks who had survived slavery was very different from what was written in the making of the West Indies. <laughs> so the, the, a group of West Indian countries got together, the British-speaking West Indian countries got together, and went to, to London and told them that we're not going to use this book as our standard anymore because it's incorrect. It's, it, it's, it's a wrong portrayal of what really happened in the Atlantic slave trade. And the right. scope rebelled, literally. And that book, in, I think it was before I graduated high school, that book was thrown out. It was considered irrelevant and incorrect and inaccurate. Uh, I believe that something similar needs to take place here in America. Because there is, if, if my daughter, who is now, she went through the public school system, right? So she went through elementary school, kindergarten, elementary school, the whole works. And if she's now a lawyer, and she can tell you she never heard about Black Wall Street, and they didn't talk about the abolition of slavery, and if she, she wasn't taught that in school, we have a problem. America, there is a problem. There is a serious problem. Right. It's system-wide, there is a problem, system-wide, there is a problem, and, and you have to, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, too, and, and I um, 
work with people on both the spiritual and the academic, and you really got to you got to really bring those together. They got to merge because we are holistic. We are spirit, soul, and body. We're not just a body. You know, um, like our sometimes our rappers, you know, present us as different things with nasty names and a body. But we're more mm-hmm. we're more than that. We're not just basketball players and football players. You understand what I'm saying? We we yeah. have we're intelligent. We're intelligent. You know, um, we can think. We can work in adverse situations. Our parents and our foreparents grew up understanding what it meant, you know, to take care of your family with a little bit. You know, we didn't always have a lot. So our system has to now be changed. And I always teach the, the scripture says that, that the systems of this world have to bow to the system of God. And everybody right now is talking about let's go back to what our forefathers did. Our forefathers had slaves. <laughs> so the forefathers of America, our forefathers was in chains brought over here on a boat. So, you know, we, we really have to look at this from, from, from every perspective and teach it correctly so that we can make this better decisions. And I know there are folk out there that are saying, you know, black people this and black people that, but we are smart people. Yes, we are a threat. We are a threat to make things better. We've invented many of things. We've done many of things. There's many accolades that we, yes, we've, we've also had projects and, and killings and all that, but we still have to look at it from a holistic perspective. We've got to right. stop cutting it down, cutting each other down, you know, mm-hmm. and look at it. We, we go into the system and we think that everything the system say is correct without questioning it. Mm-hmm. We have to mm-hmm. question it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to ask mm-hmm. questions. You know, I've asked, when I was doing my doctorate, I asked the question, why is one of the persons on my um, committee, every time I correct something, she sends it back wrong? I said, now, is there a problem? And I didn't want to say, is she white? Because I've been, I didn't want, but there is a problem that every time I correct it, then you say it's still wrong. Now, I corrected what you said was wrong and made it right, and you still say it's wrong. Now, if I didn't investigate that, now, had I not investigated that, the chair of my committee then requested that I get another person on my committee. Because other than that, I, was, I said, I'm not quitting. Somebody got to give me an answer God. as why this is happening to me while I'm working on a, on my dissertation. And I don't even see the person. I'm not talking to the person. But wow. this is what's going on. And a lot of times, Taryn, I'm sorry, our culture people, we don't investigate mm. things. That's why it's time to rise up. The protests, they're good. I don't, I don't go for the rioting and all that. And sometimes we don't even know who's really causing the rioting. But if mm. we only go protest and then do nothing, after the protest or during the protest to really look at the system and look at reform, because there's a form that exists. If you say reform, then there's a form that exists. If we're not right. going to look at it as a, as a collective group of people, everybody mm-hmm. don't have to be black. They just have to be right. Or like the scripture would say, righteous. Because when, when righteousness is in the earth, we survive. When it doesn't, mm-hmm. we will. We're not going to make it. If we don't, have to collectively do this. You, you, you're absolutely right. I'm remembering, uh, like I said, I grew up in the Caribbean. And uh, at the time when I grew up, there's a, there's a reggae singer called Bob Marley. And at the time when I mm-hmm. grew up, he was considered anti-establishment. And he was not the kind of music you were supposed to support because he was anti-establishment. Well, I grew up. And then I started listening to Bob Marley on my own. You know, one of the things he said? He said, until the philosophy that holds one race superior and another inferior, until that philosophy is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned, everywhere there is war. That, that's direct quote. That, those are the words of the song. The song is called War. You can go look it up. But while you were speaking, there is something else that he said. He said, if you don't know your history and you don't know where you're coming from, how will you know where you're going? If our history is not taught in school, if our history, Dr. Roma, is not something that a child growing up in in my black skin can relate to and your black skin, if if he can't see himself embodied on the pages of the book, how will he know he can conquer? How will he know he can overcome? 
one thing I'll say about, uh, about what, what Northern Europeans and white Europeans is this. They have kept a very good record of what they have done. My, my children and I refer to it like this. We say the conquerors, the winners write history. Am I correct? Right? We say that. We say the winners yeah, write okay. history. The conquerors write wow. history. So they write, they wrote the history. So their generations after them grow up thinking that, well, I am the conqueror. I can. I am the oppressor. I can do. If our children don't see themselves written in history, this is why the history of Malcolm X and the history of Martin Luther King is important. And Harriet Tubman, after whom my mother named me, don't blame her. Uh, but if that <laughs> is not perpetuated, if that is not embodied in a black mind and in a young black skin, how will he know that he can grow up and be an engineer and an astronaut? Some of the brightest minds I've ever come across are black kids. Have you ever talked to black people, who young black men who just got out of jail or who are on their way to jail? They're selling drugs on the street. I used to ask this question when I encountered them. Do you realize you could go get a degree in supply chain management? I said, do you realize that's what you're doing out here? What you're doing, you have the drug trade. I said, this is just another form of commerce. I said, but guess what the white man does? He understands that. So he has suppressed you into not realizing the gift that you have of managing people, managing resources, and distributing resources. Come on now, Doc, help me out here. You are perfectly yeah. on the money. I pray to God that you have many more years to educate all of us, not just black minds, because you're doing an excellent job of engaging all of us in the fight. I wish you'd pick up a microphone tomorrow and tell those who are marching that after the march, because there is reform, that means there's a form, and we need to reform the form. Come on, Doc. I love you. Woo! You have empowered me today. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? This, and, and the reform cannot just be. your own words. Just, you said it. You said if there is reform, that means there's a form that we have to reform. Lord, have mercy. Whoa. Yeah, we we got to go. There's a form. There, it does exist. We we know that. That's why I said, you know, we just can't talk about it, and then we cannot just give it a new name. We can't give it a new name and do the same thing because there has been times that I've been looking. I've been reading, you know, I haven't written a book yet. I plan on writing a book, but I haven't written a book yet. And, um, but when I look at, you know, different books that have been written and I, I read them and I read what people have tried to do, it's almost as if you tried to do the same thing and you just gave it a different name. So, you know, mm-hmm. how do we really look at it? <laughs> right. We don't want to rename it. You got a name. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. let me just put it this way. Just like now, they're changing the name of Ancient Mimo and the Pancake Box, you know, because they didn't right. know the history of why she was on there. They didn't know the history of Uncle Ben. You know, I think somebody else is changing something. And some somebody made the statement, which is very powerful. You know, you could change the name or anything you want to change. But if, if the heart is not right, all we did was just change the name. You know, so if you really mean well, then let's give. Let's give into the – let's give into the college. Let's make our historically black colleges better because when our kids coming out, out of the historically black colleges, they don't read well either. You understand? Yeah. This is a yep. system yep. that is designed. We're destroying ourselves more technically, Harriet, than the system is destroying us. Because we don't ask the questions. We, we, you get the free money and you run from it. I've seen parents who would rather buy a new pair of sneakers and for their kids than to invest in a quality program of reading for them to, to up their reading. I'm, I'm developing right now for five boys in a private school um, a, a summer program for them for five weeks, you know, and, and I'm challenging the parents when I'm online with your son, get online with me because you don't have a clue why they're struggling. They're, they're in the seventh and eighth grade, but they read on like a third and fourth grade level. And you don't wow. know why they read on there. You have the information. They put it in black and white that they read on that level. And all you do is accept it. I'm challenging the parents. Yeah. I said, I need you on for at least 10 minutes. I need you to come on and mm-hmm. engage so that you can stop beating your child upside the head and thinking that they're not going to make it so you can find mm-hmm. out what their problem is 
what mm-hmm. is going on, and then you could become part of their solution as well, because that's what it is, Harriet. We have to come up with options and solutions and different mm-hmm. things holistically. Not, you mm-hmm. know, not. It, mm-hmm. I, I'm for police reform, but listen, listen. If we if we not going to reform the folks in the streets as well. You know, you can't defund the police because then we will be a society out of control. You understand what I mean? I want my stuff in my house when I come back home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want my my car in my driveway when I and and to be safe in my driveway. You understand? So we have to we have to really go back to this, and we have to re. America needs to be re-educated. All this hate and all this pain because we didn't take time to read. We didn't take time. They said, if you want to keep a black man down, keep him out. You you, you want to keep them misinformed, then put it in a book. Mm-hmm. You're well, right. Our Love president might be in that category, too, because he's not reading either. <laughs> so we need, we need people to go into more governmental positions. Not mm-hmm. just voting, but, you know, getting information. What do I need to do to run? Who do I, who do I connect to? You know, instead mm-hmm. of Five, you know, we normally have five black people running for mayor. How about one run for mayor and everybody get with them and push them if we want to really make change? I told you I heard a, a politician say yesterday to a group of black people, well, we're going to put more money into special education. And I was, I, I did the best I could to, to, to fight from beating them up. I didn't really want to beat them up because he was talking to all pastors and they were sitting there just gullible. And I'm like, what is special about special education? Why are you putting more money into special education? Because right. that's where they put all our kids. Right. <laughs> you understand right. what I'm saying? And special, yeah. you, now you label yeah. them, and it's hard to get that label off of them. Oh, you yeah. know, so we, we really have to rethink this thing. we got to reinvestigate yep. this thing. We're going to have to take yep. some time. We're going to have during this coronavirus thing, we're going to really, mm-hmm. like I'm saying, I'm, you know, I'm trying to inundate myself with, with mm-hmm. material and reading it. And, you know, you know let my mm-hmm. heart change. Let my heart right. shift you know, into what God really called me to do. Because I have a voice, and I want my voice to be heard. Yes, absolutely. So, Doc, uh, this is, uh, I only have a few more minutes. I have less than two minutes. So I want you to take us to how uh, we've talked extensively about the distance learning capabilities that the coronavirus exposed. But your final word, what's the final thought that you want us to take away from all that you have said? And you've, you've given us so much. I, I'm going to have to listen to this again because there were so many bullet points in here and so many nuggets. Uh, when I'm done, I want you to share this with everybody on your Facebook page. They need to hear what you have to say. Okay. But what is it that you want us today on Juneteenth? What you want us to take away from all of this? I really want us as a people not to just celebrate being free because freedom is not free. I don't want us to just get happy. <laughs> I don't want us to just get happy because we finally found right out now. something. Freedom right. is not free. We're going to have mm-hmm. to get in here and we're going to have to work collectively as a group of people who are mature enough to understand we're not always going to agree, but we must understand we've got to make change. And the change can't just be talking. It can't just be protesting. Black Lives Matter, yes. All Lives Matter, yes, because black lives are left out of the word all. Let's do this as a collective group. Stop the fighting and bickering amongst one another and really get into a place that we're praying, getting the heart of God so that we can now, we can, we can re-educate America. we got to re-educate America. Wow. I love it. We, not, um, I'm not talking about MAGA. Wow. MAGA is make, make America great again. America, look, I don't know what parts was great and wasn't, but we need to re-educate America. And wow. Trump did not say that I did. We need to re-educate America. We do. In the words of Dr. Benjamin, in the words of Dr. Roma, we need to re-educate America. On this Juneteenth, yes. we need to re-educate America. There have been so many good parts to this. Thank you, Dr. Roma, for taking time out this morning. I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on, and your community is expecting you to pour into them. I pray that you will be poured into and please share this information yes. with everybody because everyone needs to hear what you have to say. 
and this is important to the folks who are in the street. Yes, we want change, and change is going to come, but we want to be the architects of that change. We want to be engaged yes. in that change so that the generations after us can have something tangible. And we still want to right. see the kind of change where young black boys and young black girls see themselves embodied in the architecture of America, not just Europeans, not just European statues, not just European birthdays. Martin Luther King's day needs to be the day. Come on now. We need Juneteenth needs to be a national holiday. Thank you, Doc. Thank you so much for stopping by on Down Thank to Earth. Thank you for having me. Thank you so Thank much. You. And for more information on you, Doc, where can people find you? Are you on Facebook? Do you have a website? I'm on Go Facebook. Ahead. I'm on Facebook. And um, I probably will have to text you my website so that they don't miss it. It's just simply www.romabenjaminministry.org. That's all That's it. That's it. Okay. Just put it Roma on my Facebook. Romabenjaminministry.org. For more information yes. on Dr. Benjamin, if you need her to come and speak somewhere, if you just need her to pour into you, look her up on social media. I'm on social media. Tag me, whatever you do going forward, because we, we're going to have this conversation. Thanks, Doc, so much. Happy Juneteenth. Yes, request me, Harriet, so I can have you on my Facebook page. Okay, sure. Uh, say hello to Roma your Benjamin. son and your grandson, yes. right? We're Absolutely. standing in the gap for them because we had an incident over here with an Amazon driver who was accosted oh. in a white neighborhood. So I get that totally. Be blessed, everybody. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. For It's been Friday, right? Juneteenth. Thank you to all of you who are who have studied with us and who have stayed with us. Thank you to our friends in the white community as well. We still have white friends. They get it. They still want to talk to us. They're trying to understand their role in this change dynamic this new way of thinking in America, as Dr. Benjamin said, we need to re-educate America. I think it's very important that we understand that though the form exists, in her words, reform needs to take place. So we need to reform the form. We need to change it so that all of us are reflected in the architecture of America. We all have a role to play. We have all played our role. And I just expect that as we go forward today, I feel so, I just feel optimistic after talking to her. Wow. <laughs> I just suddenly feel like change is a positive thing. And to those who are policymakers and those involved in public policy, as Dr. Benjamin said, we need to stop pouring money into special education because all you're doing is just labeling children forever. We need to find out and to tear it up from the bottom up where children are not learning to read, but we are advancing them. Therefore, by the time they get to the seventh and eighth grade, it's a problem, right? Thanks so much, everybody. This is Harriet Kemick with Down to Earth. Have a good weekend, and we will see you on Sunday morning as we talk about faith and its impact on our lives. Thank you so much. For more information, go to my website, HarrietKemick.com, as well as visit my pages on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Thanks so much for staying with me this morning. Happy Friday. Be blessed, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.